Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the universe. Um, I am joined today by my co-hosts. This is Janet, Elaine, Laura, and Joella. And today I thought it would be, it is midterm season. Midterm season is officially upon us. And I thought, how fitting would it be to talk about academic burnout, academic stress, all that fun stuff. It's only the first midterm. It's, <laughs> oh <laughs> it's only goodness. the first round. <laughs> but it's the beginning of a continuous <laughs> downward slope. But like, any yeah. <laughs> it's just a steady run. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you see it that way. But okay. So I have a couple de- definitions, like formal definitions of academic burnout. The first one is from the Justice Institute of British Columbia, and they describe it as um, academic burnout can be defined as a negative emotional, physical, and mental reaction to prolonged study that results in exhaustion, frustration, lack of motivation, and reduced ability in school. Now, just reading that, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, that makes sense. But also having experienced maybe, because I don't know if it's like a diagnosable condition or something, but also having been in this state, I'm like, you're not outlining how awful it really is, Justice (laughs) Institute of British Columbia. Now, I shared with you all um, a list of common symptoms that the Justice Institute of British Columbia um, listed as common symptoms of academic burnout. And I just wanted to ask if any of these three resonated with you or is like a common occurrence in your university lifestyle? I was just curious because I know that I can relate to a few of these, but I was just wondering if anyone else in the room could also to relate to some. I'm feeling pretty called out right now, yeah. <laughs> I think the first one is, is a good one. Feeling exhausted no matter how much, you sl- uh, how much you sleep, resulting in fatigue and insomnia. Sometimes, maybe it's just me, but do you ever feel like you're more awake when you're sleeping than you are when you're actually awake? Is that, I f- am I, I know crazy? what you mean. I don't know about that specifically, But throughout the day, I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go to bed. I can't wait to go to bed. And then, like, it's nighttime. And I'm like, oh, I have actually I have this, this, this and this to get done. And then I don't actually go to sleep and I don't want to go to sleep because I have stuff. to. It's weird. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. Like we spend the entire morning or half of the day trying to recover from the day before and the lack of good sleep. And then you it kicks in finally that, oh, my God, I still have a million things to do. So then you push all your tasks so late into the night and then it's just like. An endless, endless cycle. cycle. Yeah. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elaine, I'm I'm curious. Do any of these have you experienced any of these symptoms throughout your long academic career? Well, my work is slightly different than one that a student does. Right. I think studying is the hardest job that there is, and that you'll ever have. I mean, I've I've felt really tired and probably a little bit burnt out at some point. If I, I can take a break during the summer and get over it. As a student, I wasn't as driven as you all are. And I don't think I was ever burnt, burnt out. I mean, it wasn't even a thing. Really? Was it not a thing just because it wasn't spoken about or just people were just more relaxed? No. Uh, it was never spoken about. I mean, yeah. oh. you <laughs> people, <laughs> I'm old, so I tend to think that people medicalize and kind of worry about stress the way that they shouldn't be. But that's just me. I, okay, this is another, I've highlighted two other symptoms that I like really relate to on like a daily basis. The other, the second one is loss of confidence in academic abilities. 
Um, now I find this, I find, I don't know, but I compare myself so much to the people around me and they're like, oh yeah, I've completed this, this, and this. I've been studying for this amount of time for this midterm. And I'm like, oh, I, should I be doing that? Like, is that mm-hmm. what I should be doing? Because really, I don't know, really know what I'm doing. I'm just like trying to figure everything out. Like we said in the adulting episode, it's like, you're just trying to figure everything out. And so you try and look to your peers to be like, am I on track with everything? And then when you, when you, and then I perceive that everyone's ahead of me. So I feel like I'm behind it. I'm like, oh, am I actually, am I actually smart? Am I actually supposed to be here? Yeah. But we also look at them to see if we're on track, but their tracks aren't really the same as ours. You know, everyone has a different path and different way of accomplishing things. That's true. I feel like there's also a healthy amount of comparison you can make to keep yourself motivated. And it actually does help sometimes to compare, um, For example, if you're working on something together, if you check your answers together before submitting an assignment, I I think it's made me more productive as a student, but there's definitely kind of a gray zone where it's really easy to fall into like, oh, maybe I'm not really good at this because I think everyone else is better than me. Shouldn't it it be about your personal goals? It should be. It should should be. be. (laughs) But being the overthinkers that we are. (laughs) And grades can kind of be attached to that as well. That's another thing is grades is do you put a lot of weight on your like personal weight on your grades? Because I find I or more recently, I find that I don't put. How do I put this? Um, I now realize that depending on the assignment, I can put in different amounts of effort into it and not really care if I get like an A++ in some random little quiz that's worth Mm -hmm. like 0.02% of my mark. Oh, yeah. You have to learn how to add. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Students need to do their maths. And that's another thing, to pace yourself and to like distribute your effort evenly. Mm -hmm. Because first year I was like, oh, these pre-lecture quizzes are, I need to put in so much effort. Now it's been like three hours on like a pre-lecture quiz and it's like, it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because each quiz is like, maybe it was like a participation mark or something. Uh, the last one I'll mention, or last symptom I'll mention, um, feeling bored or uninterested in aspects of school or areas of leisure that you used to enjoy. Yes. Yeah? I relate to that one so much. Which is kind of, yeah, it's it's honestly kind of sad because it's you went to university, I assume, you go to university to do a degree you find interesting and then all of a sudden it's like oh I don't want to go to this class I I don't really want to do this assignment even though it's on topics you find interesting I find it when I was in high school I'd find a lot of things really interesting and I'd be like I can't wait to go to university because there's going to be so much information that I want to know and now I'm here and it's like only little bits of it I really really get excited about and then the other times it's like oh it's just math or <laughs> is it sometimes when you're really tired my brain doesn't want to play anymore that's a good way to put it yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's telling me you know just that's i've had enough, had enough. <laughs> yeah. it's good to understand that it can also be temporary though just because you feel unmotivated or unproductive or you feel like stuff that used to interest you maybe isn't so interesting anymore it's not necessarily a permanent change. It could just be that you're really tired and you need a break. But it's like if you listen to the same song over and over, it gets stuck in your head, you really like it, and then you don't like it so much anymore. It feels like it's been overplayed. But if you come back a month later, you take a break, it's still that song you liked the first time you listened to it. That's yeah. a really good way to put it, actually. 
And I was just wondering about this because a lot of the things that I was looking at researching this was ways to prevent burnout and not how to kind of relieve burnout when you're already in there. Mm -hmm. Because I find, because I find a lot of students will fall into burnout without even realizing they're already burnt out and they're wondering why is everything so hard? Why am I unmotivated? Why can't I sleep? And why isn't this interesting? So I feel like it's a bit counterintuitive to be like how to prevent burnout but you're already burnt out, out. <laughs> yeah so I was just wondering are there things that you do to kind of help it or ease it or honestly I have no idea because I feel like I did reach a certain point where I was so so burnt out but like Laura said it's like oh once you take a break you come back and you realize you like the thing again or that you feel better and capable of you know diving back into whatever you were doing but the thing is a lot of times there isn't an opportunity to get that break, you know, especially if you become burnt out in the middle of midterms, what you can't take a break because you have another one tomorrow, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it is really hard to, I don't know. You mentioned something, Elaine, I can't remember what episode it was, but you were talking about um, when, when studying or when working or whatever. And you were like, as soon as you feel like antsy or you feel your concentration, like waning, take a break. Mm-hmm. You were just like, and Laura, I think you asked, you're like, okay, so how long, like, when should you take a break? And you were like, as soon as you feel, like, weird, like, as soon as you feel, like, tight or whatever. And it's so strange because if you're, like, working on a paper or a lab report late at night and you're like, I don't understand what this is asking me, like, I don't, like, what are these practice questions, da, 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 and you go to bed and wake up the next morning and read it, and you're like, why was this so hard for me to understand? Like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? No, exactly. And I think that's super interesting. Sleeping is the number one thing that should be on your list. Not doing homework. Because that's just a ticket to success, number one. What's that one quote where they say, don't trust how you feel about your life after 9 p.m. I oh, think yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. I've heard a rule where it's like, don't do, don't make any important decisions after 10, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is in the similar vein because you can't think straight when you're that tired mm-hmm. or when it's that late. Sleep on it. Yeah. 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 Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but even on sleep, I think there's a difference between sleeping, say, eight hours starting at 3 a.m. versus 12 versus 10 p.m. or for some crazy people those nocturnal students out there your 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. sleep schedule it's different depending on when you sleep do you guys feel that too that is that is actually so true the first week of school I don't know what was up but I was (laughs) getting tired at like 10 30 and I would go to bed and wake up like early in the morning and I so refreshed and I felt so good yeah and then like one night I had something due and it <laughs> messed up everything. No. <laughs> and so now it's like going to bed like around midnight or one and then tr- then struggling to get up at like around eight or seven. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just feel so drained. And then and then you feel tired at like 11 a.m. And it's like, what the hell? Like I woke up like four hours ago. It's really strange. And I was like, hey, maybe sleep does do something. Maybe yeah. it does. <laughs> maybe it does do something. Maybe avoiding stress or these feelings um, has to do more with the quality of the breaks you're taking and the quality of sleep that you're getting versus how much you're getting because maybe you're taking a million breaks maybe you feel like you're not getting anything done but it's not actually resetting you or doing anything for your mental health and I think 
for what we were saying of what to do when you're actually in burnout, I think that's probably a skill to teach or, you know, something online you always see, how to avoid burnout, all these things, but could they tell us when we're in burnout when to schedule these breaks, how to schedule them, how to make them the most efficient possible and actually help reset us? I feel like that's not something that's really known like does anyone even know that or a lot of people and if they do they don't share it and they should (laughs) (laughs) another question i want to ask is i don't feel like a lot of people were burnt out in high school but it seems like everyone around me is experiencing some form of stress or everyone around me right now in university is experiencing some kind of stress some kind of sleeplessness some mild or extreme form of burnout and i was like why is that? So I feel it's difficult for me to relate. Like you're implicated in all sorts of things. I was as well. But I was never overwhelmed with a phone, Netflix, and so much stimulus around me when I was a student. That just didn't exist. That's true, actually, is there's so much more stimuli now. And so it's so much easier to get overwhelmed. Like I used to, I used to listen to music while I'm while I was studying, but I would just couldn't focus, and so now I just do it in the silence, which is it's weird because then my brain's like something's missing. My experience was completely different than yours. I still worked hard. I was in the student association. I was working for money as well, but my attention, my brain could switch off and just be human, <laughs> <laughs> like the normal human things that humans did before all of these gadgets happened. So I don't know if that's part of it and your generation is having it worse because of that. Because taking a break is scrolling down Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. And that's really not actually signing off. Signing off is going for a walk and looking at the trees. Yeah, because if you're like scrolling, then you could see something that sparks a thought or a desire or whatever and just think about that endlessly and then it's hard to focus and all these things and also with so many distractions we probably don't have as much like pure time as you did you know where it's just you decide what's going to happen and what you want to do and you can do that without external influence and whatnot now we people are so overstimulated yeah you know there's not that many people i take the bus and i'm probably the only one without anything in my ears or Uh, something that I'm scrolling on the phone or anything. I'm just sitting there with my thoughts. That's fair, yeah. I do think with such easy access to other people in the world, you see and you hear a lot more things that could make you unhappy, if that makes sense. Obviously, content, there there is stuff that makes you happier. And um, For example, it's so easy to see news nowadays that's like exaggerated to the extreme because it's on social media. Um, And that causes stress for a lot of people, seeing news that maybe they didn't opt to see, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's like a a win-lose situation with the internet and having it in our pockets. And one of them is you have information, Mm -hmm. like, readily available, like, right there. But then also you have access to information that is of no use to you. Yeah. But is tantalizing enough where you want that information more than, like, the actual research or project you're doing. And that is also, I, I want to kind of link it to the comparison that we make between students, between ourselves, that can, you know, h- contribute to feelings of burnout and hopelessness and 
inadequacy online you might see something and or you know another student who's accomplishing all these things and compare yourselves to them in the same way that you compare yourself to people to your classmates but like i think we need to take it with a grain of salt because so many people lie and over exaggerate and you know hype themselves up just to feed their own ego but then you let that bruise your your ego so i think um i think we need to be more we need to think more critically about what we're consuming and who we're comparing ourselves to because at the end of the day someone could say anything they want about themselves but do you have proof that they actually did that or that you know it's all about how you perceive i feel like your interactions i like that i think yeah, yeah that is a good point people now maybe don't think so critically or they're not as skeptic and they kind of just take in everything as fact yeah yeah that's true that's another so things to do if you are feeling burnt out or are feeling stressed or overwhelmed you said do something that doesn't take a lot of cognitive ability so taking a walk without music without music just a podcast (laughs) (laughs) or without a podcast or music or anything um one more thing that joella mentioned you could just instead of scrolling because okay Social media is so bad for your own self-image. It's basically just comparing everybody. So another thing you could do is maybe don't go on social media. Because even though you're like, oh, no, it's I'll be on there for five minutes. It's never just five minutes. <laughs> it's designed to make you stay as long as possible. Um, but what's another? Is reading a low... Um, Depends what you're reading. Yeah. That's another thing you can do as a break from... Meditate. You can paint. You learn how to knit. Pick up a hobby. Yeah. Knitting is such a good one. It's mindless. Yeah. Yeah. Just punch nails through a piece of wood if you have to, like one (laughs) after the other, and make a pattern. Yeah, do puzzles. Do, you know, little mind games. Oh, yeah, puzzles again. Yeah, good. Play cards with your roommates. I love cards. The game. I really like the game Sudoku. I always I play that when I'm bored. Su- always. Sudoku's awesome. Device. I said Sudoku, <laughs> but I meant to say solitaire. Oh, solitaire. <laughs> Either of those are Both good. Are very, Both very of them good. are very good, though. <laughs> well, you can use a real deck of cards to play solitaire. Oh, my Just gosh. Just like I did when I was young. I had a deck of cards <laughs> one time, and I like played su- uh, Sudoku, solitaire, but I... I'm going to buy you all one <laughs> deck of cards. <laughs> So to take a break, because your brain's already working so hard and it's stressing so much, so mindless, not really mindless, but, you know, like low-impact things that your brain doesn't have to work too hard on, but is still a yeah. break. Yeah. And then you can get back onto it and you'll be more efficient at what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not wasting time taking a break. It actually should be scheduled in somewhere. Yeah, take right? a break. That allows you to not need a break from your break. Oh, yeah. oh. that's a good one. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> About that feeling of inadequacy. Everybody has that feeling. And women have it worse. This is something that we have to fight every day. Even once you're out of the academia. And probably we should teach that from the very first young primary school children actually kick that feeling of inadequacy out because we all have it we don't deserve this feeling 
you're all doing well and you're all good people. So, you know, that should be something that you repeat yourself constantly in the morning. I can do this because I'm clever. I, I can be good. I'm doing well. There's, you know, there's not a problem. I'm okay. You know, and if even if I'm failing, I'll do it better next time. So we should always tell each other this sort of thing. And it always looks like somebody else is doing it better. It's fine. They're good. Great for them. But you know what you're doing and you know what the effort you're putting in. So it's a battle. Resilience should be taught more is what I'm getting. Or Adding on to resilience, I've... Whoa, I've discovered something that can also be related back to adulting. Doing something I don't want to do, but I have to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Like the feeling of being like, oh, I really don't want to do this. But then the weird thing is once you get started, it's really not that bad. Like the steps, if you know what steps you're taking, then it's easy. But it's just like getting started is the biggest step. And so once you are able to try that out and maybe like get used to it then it becomes easier to do things so things that you used to hate doing or like be really bad at doing or or never wanted to do now you can do it easier i love that i've listened to a podcast recently and they were talking about that particular thing and the person who's doing the podcast has created modules to learn how to Find things that actually help you do things (laughs) that you don't want to and, you know, make it easier and train yourself to be able to do it better and cope with that. So maybe I'll do the modules and (laughs) we can (laughs) talk about it later. (laughs) I saw this thing that said you need to choose your heart because no matter what you do and what situation you're in, there's always going to be something hard about it. So, for example, I don't want to start on X assignment because it's really difficult and I feel like it's burning my mind. But you can either choose to push through it. Obviously, in some cases, you do want to take breaks and that's that's important. But in some cases, um, you're choosing whether you do it now and you struggle through it now or you deal with having to cram it in a couple hours closer to the deadline or worse even, let's say you miss the deadline or you don't complete the work to the quality that you could have and you feel really bad about it you start to fall behind that's a kind of difficult too right so yeah so maybe there's like two parts to combating burnout knowing or maybe it's one thing with two subcategories anyways (laughs) knowing when to push through and be resilient and when to take a break and obviously you know we're not medical professionals or anything but if it's really really bad please go seek an advisor get some assistance because you don't have to do everything alone absolutely that's true yeah and it's and going back to your pacing comment setting out instead of doing work like big big breaks big big chunks of work big big breaks big big chunks of work like as in like like maybe a week stretch of doing nothing and then cramming it all in at the end really pacing yourself it turns out it does make a huge difference actually especially when studying and preparing for something like a midterm or a final, actually getting getting small chunks every day instead of big chunks three days before actually really does help. But if you are deep into burnout and feel that you do need professional help, 
I believe most universities have um, some sort of mental health association. And if you contact them, then they can refer you or give you the contact um, of outside help if needs be. But yeah, that was a good point, Joella. Knowing when to, to push through, when to do things you don't want, when to do things you don't want to do, but also know and understand when it's like, okay, maybe it's time I give myself a little bit of a break. Because you are all so clever and you need a little break every once in a while. And not just a break from doing schoolwork, for example, but also a break from beating yourself up <laughs> about whatever it may that be. That is so real. <laughs> yeah. We believe in you. Don't beat yourself up all the time. Another good thing, this I do, I do this and I wonder if it is actually helpful, but I sometimes will feel bad about taking a break because I'm like, oh, I, I could be working. But what I'll do is, here's what I did throughout the day. I went to class for four hours. I went to a lab. I did this and then I ate and da 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 da. And when you actually look at the facts of what you've done in that day, you actually, it helps so you don't really feel bad about taking a break because it feels more deserved. When you have a big chunk of work to do, you can break it down in smaller parts as well. So it doesn't feel like a whole mountain. It feels like little bits that will eventually lead you to the mountain. So that can be helpful. But there are numbers you can call, like the Connects Ontario helpline. It's a toll-free with 1-866-531-2600. There are other numbers as well. If it's about you're not sure whether you're going to pass classes and you know what to do about this, um, we've talked to Julie Lamotte at the very beginning of the uh, podcasts, and she's an academic advisor, supervisor, or the boss of the academic <laughs> advisors, and go and seek what they can help you with making big decisions sometimes. They've seen everything. So, you know, they can talk to you as well about that. It will all be fine in the end. In in years' time, you, will look, you won't even remember all this stress. You will be fine. Um, I feel like we're crashing into the end of this one. There were some really good, interesting points brought up. And some really, in, like, just, like, insightful, low-key, insightful quotes. <laughs> like, Elaine, you had, like, a little bit of a speech there. And I was like, inspiration, self-help I podcast. <laughs> So I think that's everything for this week, everyone. Um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks where we'll have a fresh new podcast for you li- to listen to on all your podcast streaming platforms. All the best on your exams. Yeah. <laughs>